you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast runs the Lil Debbie Fan Club. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Friday. St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Who has Irish heritage in this room? I do. I do as well. Very nice. Greg, no. Nah. Sid? Yeah, I think I do. Rosenthal sound like a Jewish, I mean, an Irish name there. Well, my name's not Irish, That's but true. I have heritage. The, um, the Walsh and the, Cur- the Walshes and the Kearns are from Dublin. That's in my heritage. There's a the Finnegan's also. I got this from my mom this morning from County Sligo. I've been to County Sligo. There you go. Humble brag. <laughs> That's a straight brag. So there you go. A lot of Irish blood in here. And Greg, you are you're with us today. What do they call it? By proxy? <laughs> An Irishman by name? proxy. On oh. Today. oh, yeah. Well, I grew up in a town that was about 95% Irish Catholic, so I feel like I am I am Irish just by proxy. Well, they, I never heard they the might end not of it. feel that way about you, but that that's how you feel about yourself. <laughs> just a lot of good. The entire city out right good now out drinking green beer, and we're in here discussing football on March 17th. Makes a lot of sense. And everyone else is discussing college. Everyone is discussing college basketball and drinking. We're not drinking and talking about football. Way to be on point. We are connected. Speaking of on point, do we want? I mean, anybody want to talk about? You know, management, the shadowy league figures, they threw a thank you to the around, uh, to yes. the podcast of all the NFL. And there was one person conspicuously absent, and I'm going to say it's the person that's only Irish by proxy, mm. Rosenthal. That's right. My wife had plans that night, so I watched our children. It's planned oh. m- much in advance. We don't need to get into it, but I think that it, I think it was noticed uh, – by a number of people that, you know, the three of us uh, took time to go. We were very thankful to management for throwing the, the party, number one. Let's start right there. Greg, it's on the way home from Greg. He could have pulled the car over. It was like 6.30. For, no one was here still. You, you, you could have pulled the car over for two minutes, walked in and just said, hi, here I am, wave and leave. But it was, nope, got to go right. You know, can't give, not a second of time for these Can I just read co-workers. the email that was sent to everyone that's involved Please, in the podcast? Yeah. Both people that are in the studio, people behind the glass, mm. like Sydney. Sully, uh, it goes Wonderful on and on. D'Angelo, all the hardworking people here. Right. Sure. Uh, and the email read, please join us for a podcast team get-together. All members of ATN, DDFP, Move the Sticks, and Fantasy Live, welcome. Time for ATN and Move the Sticks to make peace. Funny bit there. Um, <laughs> that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> Look out, it's NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Call the sheriff. <laughs> that, maybe if Greg would have came to the bar, it would have sounded like that. <laughs> that was Matty Zickis, uh, talented 
NFL media contributor. That was a Zick bomb? Yeah. Mm. He did the voice work as well. Nice. Anyway, so, Greg, before we move on and get into the show, yeah. an official <laughs> We're statement. still on this? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have no regrets. <laughs> I, ha- I had to watch, watch my children. There are these two younger younger people, Mark. Yeah, like they they want to, you know. While I was home with them, they're 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 at home. Where is Daddy? You know, you know. Where sometimes you have to put your offspring second. <laughs> is Daddy ever coming back? Well, there's an open bar involved. That would be a very clear time to do that. <laughs> Koji, who is my Daddy? <laughs> All right. So that's hanging in the air. By the way, the, the subject line <laughs> in the, air. the subject line of that email was NFL podcast team, thank you. Greg said thank you in his own way. Yes, he did. Yeah. In a very specific Greg-like way. I got an- Or like I- NFL podcast, F you. That's, no. like Greg. <laughs> That's much closer to the reality. I know how they can. There's one clear way to. to Look at me. They- I'm a parent. Yeah, we get it. No, they want to thank us. There's one way. <laughs> Some dollar bills. Wow. Wow. Well, how about this? How about this angle? Uh, Greg is, again, positioning himself as NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, not realizing the truth. Thank you very much. Here with NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. The NFL.com. The NFL.com. The NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. Still one of us. Until it's officially, I am. We, the this whole room had forgotten all about it until about an hour before, and at that point, it's too late to to change moves. The my wife had plans. You're Irish today, and you're still with NFL.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, today's show is a good one. Very excited. We got the news, of course. Um, free agency uh, into the second week now, and there there's been some moves, uh, you know, on the secondary level. A bunch of B minus stories to get to. But that's solid news. I'll be I mean, much better than a couple uh, six weeks from now. I like how you equate – you give the same grade to underwhelming news as you give to our podcast on, an, ah, on a regular basis. Read between the lines. You don't even have to – not even between. <laughs> uh, and then – and then can we get a little uh, timpani drum for this? Yes. The return of one of the all-time favorite segments of the Around the NFL podcast. You know what I'm talking about, man. You're the GM. It's back. <laughs> no Greg Bone this year. Oh, no Yon. Greg Bone. Yeah. If, you, if you're a fan of the show, last March uh, mm. we played. We'll get into it. But you're the GM. We're going to do a little role playing uh, later in the show. But let's get into it. Let's get into news. And uh, uh, Sid, uh, we have something to talk to you about a little bit later as well. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to holster that for now. Let's do some news. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. (laughs) Was that another noted Irishman, Dave Damashek? Yeah, the most Irishman I know. Yeah. Uh, Let's start in Oakland, where Latavius Murray uh, is not coming back. We'll get to that in a a second. he, He has a new home. And Adrian Peterson is still out there, but the Raiders haven't shown a lot of interest. Well, maybe they're going to look at somebody else, somebody a little bit off the radar, but hard to forget. The Raiders, according to Ian Rappaport, have looked at Marshawn Lynch as a potential option to join the team in 2017. Lynch, who spent the 2016 season out of football, retired, uh, didn't show any hints that he wanted to come back and play. Uh, KGMZ FM in San Francisco first reported this development. Lynch turns 31 in a month. Mm. 
and um, uh, Wes, is this? Uh, I mean, is this the type of fodder that lands on our doorsteps on March seventeenth? Should we take this seriously at all? I'm a little bit torn on it. I'm skeptical that it's a good idea. First of all, because last time we saw Marshawn Lynch, he was injuries had waylaid him for half the season, and he was outplayed by Thomas Rawls in the other half of the season. Hmm. True. If you want an aging running back, why not get one who's hyper-motivated like Adrian Peterson rather than one who is deciding whether he still has the itch to play football like Marshawn Lynch? So I'm just here so I won't get fined. But he is – he's from that area. He's from Hyphy, right? He's Hyphy. Yeah, I think it, feel, it feels uh, – has the makings almost of a PR move because he's so Bay Area-based that – it's, it just makes sense from a Raiders angle to have that guy on your team if he were still around, but it tells you so much about Adrian Peterson's market on some level. Yeah. Why are we pulling this guy back into the league? It's well, true. Lynch is mulling the idea, according to Mike Garofolo. Really? So, you know, he's in shape. He's getting in shape. He was hanging around. We saw him a decent amount last year, considering he was not in the NFL. He was just kind of hanging out with the, the Seahawks after the season. He was, like, on the sidelines and whatnot. Uh, you know, the thing left unsaid so far is, the Seahawks still have him, have his rights. Right. So would the Raiders really want to give up something to get Marshawn Lynch? Maybe Seattle likes Lynch enough they would just let him go for well, there is virtually some, nothing. Th- there is some, some talk out there that they wouldn't be more likely to release him than trade him at this point. Yeah, what are they, they going to – They're not going to – what are you going to get for him? If you're going to get like a conditional sixth-round pick, it's better than him never playing again. I can't imagine he would fetch much. Maybe this will be an RG. He is a year younger than Adrian yeah. Peterson and just had the year off. It wasn't He wasn't like recovering so from Peterson. injury. Well, he wasn't recovering from injury necessarily. I guess you could make you could make the case. Be fun. I'd love to see this, wouldn't you? They can. They certainly can use an early down back. I just think it's there's a lot of good backs in the draft too. It's a strange I'm move. Always a little leery of teams signing players for PR reasons or for regional or ge- geographic sex appeal. Yeah, and he is Oakland to the bone. If you remember, the shelved biopic uh, was about his life growing up in Oakland. Mm. It was so disastrous that uh, they they hid it the way that Jerry Lewis hid the the day the clowns cried. Uh, movie. It was that type of situation. I would love to watch that. Wow. Rare that Dan goes with a reference. <laughs> Too old even for Wes. I have a question about biopic. <laughs> yeah. Mark, wasn't there a time in the 80s or 90s where it was always pronounced biopic? I believe you're right. Uh, really? All of a sudden, I don't it's remember like that. when Gutsy turned into Gutty. W- when did this happen? Here, well, the I think, language in general is floating away. So I think biopic were, is better, though, than biopic. I much prefer biopic. The Day the Clown Cried is an <laughs> We're gonna break into that unreleased later in the 1972 show. American drama film directed by and starring Jerry Lewis. How did that get on your Jerry, radar? Jerry it's Lewis is a comedian. Film, Holocaust film where he played a clown. Sounds like a, a terrible idea. Well, exactly. Now I'm putting Marshawn Lynch's movie a little bit ahead of that, but they're equally hidden away from society. Is what I'm saying. Along with the Joe Flacco plays Johnny Unitas <laughs> biopic. I want to see that thing float to the surface. In other Raiders news, Jared Cook finds a home. Uh, Cook, who really bargained himself with him and his agent out of a perfect spot in Green Bay, ended up uh, on the street when Green Bay went and got Marty Bennett. Instead, well, he lands on his feet. He signs a two-year, $12.2 million deal, uh, according to Rap Sheet, with the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders later confirmed the deal. Uh, Cook had also drawn interest from the Seahawks and the Vikings, uh, but he decides to go to Oakland. Uh, He's going to turn 30 next month, Mark Sessler, and this was definitely on my radar that he might have really blown a a golden opportunity to make his career 
really get his career set up for a nice uh, back-end run. But landing with Derek Carr, that's a nice spot too. It is. I, uh, he's on my radar for the fact that he's already talking about trying to pay Amari Cooper for the number 89 jersey. Does anyone really care or even know what number Jared Cook is? Please, number one. That, number I, that t- is kind of tiresome in it general. Is incredibly That's a trope tiresome. of the offseason, too. Like, oh, I'll pony up what it takes to get the dirty. You know, come back to us. Slow down. And, and my, the number oh. two thing is, I mean, it's another terrible day for our ill-fated Making the Leap series. Clive Walford was last mm. year's oh, no. high-flying Making the Leap guy. And, it, they, you know, what does it say about him when you're going out? And, it says and, he's too slow. Yep. He's flying out of relevance is what's happening now. The, these agents that blow it for their contracts, it's like if a player does that poorly, they get ripped for it. And maybe they do by other agents. Got a much better deal than he got last year. He there's a lot of incentives. They have not put out the deal. I su- suspect that the base salary even if all, he got every incentive, he's getting less money than the Packers offered him per year. And I suspect there's a ton of incentives. He's getting significantly less for a place that he probably would have rather not have played. The guy cost him money with an amateurish move. What did it was he went to the media and leaked this whole thing that they've broken off negotiations. And there was a report that went out there last Friday. Cook and the Packers have broken off negotiations. So they leaked that. The Packers saw that Ted Thompson, this reporting's in Milwaukee Journal Sun. Ted Thompson saw that and was basically just screw these amateurs, called up Martellus Bennett and had a deal done in 30 minutes and cost Jared Cook millions Ted, of dollars. Ted Thomas don't play like that. <laughs> you, you don't you don't play that game with him. He so he he doesn't usually he's not that active this time of year. He wasn't going to get involved with games like that. But it could have been a lot worse. He could have been in Minnesota. He could have yeah. gotten way less yeah. money than even this. Nice team. All all things considered, good landing spot. You've really pissed off Ted Thompson when you're making him get active in free agency. (laughs) Uh, In other uh, former Raiders news, Latavius Murray has a new home. It is Minnesota with the Vikings. Uh, The team announced Wednesday night that they have signed the running back who rushed for uh, almost 800 yards and a career-high 12 touchdowns on 195 carries last season in Oakland. It's a three-year deal worth $15 million, according to Rap Sheet, and uh, that – led officially to the end of Adrian Peterson's uh, incredible career in Minnesota. The team uh, later said that uh, Peterson will not be back in Minnesota. Wes, your thoughts on the idea of Latavius Murray, uh, 128, replacing another 28, Adrian Peterson? Uh, Going from Adrian Peterson to the destitute man's Adrian Peterson is more depressing than going from Jay Cutler to Mike Glennon. Mm. It's like – it's like when the band Sticks is trying to get together and you can get the whole band except the lead singer. That's what you're doing when you're replacing Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Sticks? Yeah. Couldn't you use any band there? You could. Any any band. Why not? Of course you go Sticks. Of course singer, you go Sticks. Sticks yeah. I would have went Journey uh, or like it, a more prominent uh, lead singer for the band. Is it Getty Lee? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. No, isn't that Rush? Yeah, you're right. It, uh, yeah. A lot Rush, of people is, believe Rush that, is the worst. A lot of people believe that Paul McCartney died in the late 60s, so you could go Beatles. <laughs> If you, if you subscribe to that our, theory. Our pop culture references are inching up decade by decade. I'd say the Beatles are a little more relevant than Sticks and, and, and Journey. Yeah. I, Dennis, just, just a tad more Paul relevant. McCartney, you know, still in the mix. So you have a lot to explain. Not according to some theories. Right. But there's a lot of holes in those theories, including, you know, all of the millions of sightings and recordings he's made in the last... Not according to some of the theories, Craig. <laughs> Dennis DeYoung is the lead singer of Sticks. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Roboto, this move, that song? This Latavius Murray move, by the way, Thank you. very curious. 
Very curious. It's a great draft for running backs. Latavius Murray, to me, is not an exciting starting running back. He's exactly the type of running back that I think the Raiders smartly believed. Let's let's upgrade. Like, he was fine for us. We've got a couple other young guys. But let's let's find someone in the draft that's a little more exciting than our sixth-round pick from four years ago. That worked out pretty well. I mean, very well for a sixth-round pick. But, you know, it's kind of like a C-minus starting running back. You don't need to spend the you money You know what I'm that. not really excited about? The 2017 Minnesota Vikings. Well, I think it's uh, safe to know, say we're not cycling it. back around to Minnesota for team of ATL. Most likely, no, would be my guess. It's but not happening. Yeah. That, was their, that was their high point. <laughs> the Giants. Know, baby. Moving on. The New York Giants are doing uh, some business. They are expected to hop on the Geno coaster. Well, what are we doing, Giants? The, according to the NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, the Giants are expected to sign Geno on Monday after he undergoes a physical. Uh, he will likely be brought in as training camp competition. Geno, after four, you know, it's ultimately forgettable years, or maybe unforgettable years with the New York Jets, uh, is coming off a torn ACL. He's 26 years old. Greg, a, a longtime favorite of yours, another making the leave candidate, which is outrageous. Uh, uh, but now he did finish off that 2014 season strong. Oh, my God. Look good. Still. Let uh, it go, man. So now he has a we chance. We haven't seen him since then. He has a chance to be Eli's backup, which may not be a great prize to win that job because Eli's never missed a game in his life. Well, he's coming off a torn ACL, so I think it's just good for him to land a good backup job at this point. It's not a bad spot for him, and wouldn't it be a Jetsy? You know, you got to admit, wouldn't it be a Jetsy thing if Geno Smith oh, please. started? You know, Eli got hurt or something, and Geno actually looks kind of good with the New York Giants. You're you know, you're uh, glossing over the part where Geno Smith is an awful quarterback. <laughs> We're still here. We never got past this, Greg. You still believe in the man. Like there are a lot of things I fear. I don't I don't believe he's a great I don't believe he's a great quarterback. I think what he showed in his first couple of years, include especially those last that those last handful of starts, proved he is as good, if not better, than a lot of backups in the league. And this is him as a young quarterback. I think he's a he's a good pickup as a backup. There were whispers <laughs> that he was gonna go to Cleveland potentially. Nothing in this entire offseason brought me more peace and calm mm. than the fact that he will not and is not. <laughs> people a Geno hate, Smith people Brock hate Geno. Osweiler. I get it. A Geno Smith Brock Osweiler competition is Talk about that would be scary. Apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. yeah. Isn't part of being a good backup quarterback not being such a irritating personality that you're like nails on a chalkboard to your whole locker room. Right. I mean that if all of that is true, obviously that's like the biggest red flag with Gino, but there's a lot of quarterbacks I suspect that are out there. You don't that, believe those theories either. No, that, that are jerks that people don't like. And none of us know. And I think Gino's probably taken a disproportionate amount of criticism. You know, there's good news from Manish Mehta gets a drop a few more bombs uh, <laughs> over at the New York daily news on, on Gino Smith's body. Right. I mean, if you thought Gino was unprofessional, <laughs> read those columns. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Ryan Costello gets into it with Manish, and now Greg coming after. I'm not getting it. I like, I like Manish, but he, it's a little personal with him and Gino. It's a little much. Uh, there was a Mo Wilkerson not- column of my Costello references. He's a beat writer for the New York <laughs> Post. Uh, after Manish drops the Gino bomb, he writes another column eviscerating Mo Wilkerson for looking fat at the Temple Pro right. Day, the, the, which sparked a little beat. I rest my case. <laughs> a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Uh, moving on. Oh, JPP. 
He's got a new deal with the Giants. How about that? He did it. The guy freaking blew his hand off with fireworks and lived to tell the tale as an NFL player. Lived, period. Uh, JPP, um, this according to Rapsheet again on Friday, they've agreed to terms with their star pass rusher on a four-year contract. Uh, financial terms related to the deal are still being finalized, um, but uh, Mark uh, Pierre-Paul showed last year uh, that he still had something in the tank before he went down with that sports hernia injury. Still just 28 years old, um, missing fingers, but still can get to a quarterback. Is he is he going to be the same guy he was before the injury? We don't know, but the Giants are willing to invest and find out. They must they must think that potential is very real. It's funny that that last off season when we played that, you know, you're the GM game. A lot of Jets talk centered around how they had almost an, an excess of riches along their defensive line. Okay. And really, it's the strength of the Giants right now. You've got JPP, you've got Snacks Harrison, you've got Olivier Vernon. I, great, great, uh, great, what's this? We've got we news got break, on the terms, we, we Wes. We've got the numbers on Breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners love terms of contracts. Read them off, Wes. JPP signed a four-year contract worth $62 million base, up to... Sixty-six million with forty million guaranteed. Hey, good for him. That is per definitely rap sheet. The you, most guaranteed money for a man. I, seven to eight. I think they, they need to have their defense has to be the strength of that team. If if we're going to get the same version of Eli Manning we got first. I mean long that's an awesome. Last year. That's an awesome th- trio of starting defensive yeah. linemen still in their primes. They're making a lot of money, but whatever. Like they have kind of rebuilt that defensive line dominance they had during their championship run. And I think he was as good last year, really. He had that one year, what was it, 2011, when he was just insane. But other than that, last season was right there with any of his pre-fireworks accident years, if not better. Dan, were you impressed with how Wes and I handled that breaking news strip right there? A little sloppy, but, you know, I think you also – Wes did a great job digging it out. And then there was a little bit of hesitation. It wasn't smooth, but it was effective. Wes handled it very well. I botched it almost entirely. Look, this is not our normal role. We just – That's true. We need more reps. Absolutely. It's a a reps situation. Um, All right. Meanwhile, on the throne of sleaze. Oh, no. I heard this one. We come in peace. I say we trust them. How great for our planet. (laughs) Just so stupid. (laughs) How great for our planet. (laughs) What is happening there exactly? The The, aliens are arriving. So the aliens arrive. Another thing Greg has no belief in. Uh, Yes, they... And they, yes. get a, they get on their speaker system. And that puts and say, me way out of the norm. <laughs> they get on their speaker system. They let the people of Foxborough know we're here not as a threat sure. but to, be, um, to work with you, to learn with you, to create a better universe. Everyone down on the ground takes them at their word, and then they just fry them all. They gain the trust <laughs> of the people of New England, and then they make New England go away. Machiavellian. Machiavelli. It's like a Dan Hansis fever dream. Well I'm just, I'm thankful they got the fifth Super Bowl title before the aliens arrived. Well, that might be the only thing that survives the, uh, the attack, just molten lava of silver from the Lombardi trophies. Anyway, I haven't gotten to play that in a while because the Patriots only great things happen to them. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints spent Thursday courting restricted free agent Malcolm Butler. The gathering came and went without a deal for the Pats cornerback, but New Orleans coach. 
Uh, Sean Payton made it clear Friday he was impressed with a 27-year-old. Uh, Payton said he's a sharp, sharp kid. Rap Sheet reported Thursday that the meeting went, quote, very well, leave, leaving both sides, quote, motivated to get a deal done for Butler, who was tagged by New England with a first-round tender. Greg, you know, I, I can't. I can't get on New England. They're doing everything right this offseason. But this is the one thing where you could fairly question uh, how they're handling this, given how great Butler has been and and the fact that, you know, he's a hero. And he's young and effective. I want to see how it ends because the whole process confuses me. The reporting around it is that, okay, like it's moving in that direction, but it's a long process and it's complicated. And I hear that and and I'm thinking – does that just mean the Patriots are going to sign him to a contract that the Saints sort of negotiate for him? Like, or what's, what's so complicated? What are they getting, you know, it's been hanging out there for a while, and the longer it hangs out there, the more I think maybe maybe it doesn't happen. A bigger question, what, did, what happens to the Malcolm Butler biopic? Suddenly it, it ends with him going to the Saints? I mean, it's a strange movie. What about what? the Malcolm Butler biopic? That's a totally different deal. <laughs> that seems promising. Dan, you asked yesterday in the newsroom why the Patriots prefer Stephon Gilmore to Malcolm Butler. And I think anytime you can't understand a Patriots move, you have to kind of put yourself in Belichick's mind, which is a weird place to be. But yeah, you like look back over the past couple of years, Malcolm Butler has played great. But what do the Patriots do when they face a dominant X receiver? They play Logan Ryan on him with the safety over the top. And Malcolm Butler can cover your Antonio Browns and T.Y. Hilton's but he's not covering Julio Jones or A.J. Green or any of those guys. So if you're Belichick, I'm guessing he thinks Stephon Gilmore can cover those guys and allow me to get more creative or not allocate as many resources to that situation. Well, but, yeah, Butler's a, a smaller cornerback, and right. that's sort of what's charming about him is he plays so physical and he doesn't care about his size. They clearly believe Stephon Gilmore is a more talented, complete cornerback because they never offered, by according to the reports, a contract to Butler anywhere near what Gilmore got. Because Butler would have taken it. So Butler's kind of, you know, you can hardly blame him for, like, his pride is wounded. I find myself. I'm amazed that he's, like, trying to convince himself to stay in New Orleans. Like, he, he, the reports are, like, he wanted to go and see if New Orleans was actually comfortable. Because he, he was thinking, maybe I'll just sign the restricted tender and play one more year in New England. I, I cannot help but be so thoroughly exhausted and fed up with the Patriots in the middle of March. They're keeping us busy. (laughs) They're in the middle of news. I know what you're saying. I am so tired of this team. Do you want to, Wes, you were curious what's going on in, uh, what, what are you tired of? Many things, but that is really, really very high on my list. (laughs) What, Dan? (laughs) I was just I just want to let you know you were saying, you know, it's weird what's going on in Bill Belichick's mind. Yeah. All right, here's here's I'm ready for live that. looking. <laughs> Both. Bon Jovi. Seven rings. World War Two. Split. Win by any means necessary. <laughs> Seems accurate. Thanks for that glimpse. Um all right. Let's do a little. Uh, oh, one last thing. This gotta thing. hurt Linda Holiday. She didn't get in there. <laughs> you know, Linda? long longtime girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, one last thing. She's married to football. One last thing. 
Uh, I think we brought it up uh, earlier this week, but in the winners and losers uh, first week of free agency piece that Greg wrote on NFL.com, you had some harsh words about John Lynch. No winners and losers. Oh, yeah. The uh, yeah the best and, and worst contracts. Best and worst yes. contracts. Excuse me. Uh, you had um, some, uh, you know, you could say harsh things to say about John Lynch, about maybe handing out too much money and being a little willy-nilly in his first run through free agency. I don't think it was unfair criticism by Greg, uh, but – you know, you're, this is a good thing. Your profile's high enough where this got put on the radar of the very man that you were criticizing, San Francisco 49ers general manager, John Lynch. Let's listen uh, to – where was this, Sid? Where was this uh, interview? Uh, KNBR. KNBR in San Francisco. Uh, addressed the whole thing. Let's hear it. Yeah, I want to talk to you, John, about about this part of the deal. Now you're in the public eye and as a GM, and now, you're, now your decisions get – Analyzed by the pundits, as Jim Harbaugh used to call them, the scribes and the pundits. Well, analyzed and scrutinized. Right. So how's the alligator skin when the NFL.com this week calls two of your contracts, uh, two of the worst free agent contracts of the 2017 season? NFL.com says Kyle Juszczyk and Malcolm Smith were dramatically overpaid. The agents smelled blood in the water and knocked John Lynch around the negotiating table. Uh Uh-oh. How's the alligator skin? Or are you now filled with a rage and you want to take this guy out? Yeah, I can see John oh, reaching for his helmet, putting it back on, taking a run. Yeah, that's the first I heard of that. So yeah. thank oh, you. Way to, oh. way to make my St. Patty's Day great. Oh, but, no. Oh. <laughs> he went on to, to defend the moves and said that there were other teams willing to pay more money for those players. Uh, but people are excited about the new culture in San Francisco. Greg, uh, your thoughts about that going onto John Lynch's radar, and do you have any concerns about that? No concerns. You know, his answer said it all. He's been through this before as a pro. He's not going to let little criticism bother him. I mean, that's what he says in public, but you are definitely on John Lynch's I mean, I'm more concerned with Mark, who, you know, when we first listened to this, made an audible, oh, sound, feeling bad for John Lynch, (laughs) as if he was some little victimized um, flower that's going to wilt. Well, he he openly acknowledged that his St. Patrick's Day, you know, you're not Irish, you don't care, but he probably has some Irish blood in him. His St. Patrick's Day has been totally sideswiped. Greg's skipping company (laughs) parties, doesn't care about the people he works with. He's taken new time, you know, first year GMs out one by one. You know, at what point (laughs) do the feelings kick in? Do we care about other people at all? That's the question. Greg? This, This is part of the, you know, the business we're in. I mean, unless you're just going to be down, you know, down the middle, Sessler, you got to take some stands. <laughs> well, gotta, now you're, you're going to now, now you're taking shots opinion. at people that Rest. you work with again. It's one of those shows where the gloves are off between uh, Sessler and Rosenthal. And I love always, every minute of it. Always. <laughs> I don't find one of the bullet points of my career here to be attacking and destroying people. Uh, I know, I know, John Lynch. Uh, is he would not be destroyed by that? He, I'm just a little. I'm a little thingy flicks away. I'm nothing compared to these 49ers journos grilling well, Jed true. York and and their coaches and like that's that's part of the. They're a rough pack. The, that is that's fair. I have a couple of thoughts. First of all, KNBR, come back to us. Um, I don't like when because we work for the Shield. This idea that we don't even have names. It's just like oh, the NFL said this. It's like no. <laughs> Put some respect on the guy's name. It's Greg Rosenthal. I said, if you're going to use his NFL lines, Network's Greg Rosenthal. Yeah, if you're going to use his lines and you're going to and you're going to tee up Lynch to try to bury Greg, at least put the guy's name in the conversation. So you know, come back to us, well KNBR. And uh, secondly, Greg, and this is the only question I have from a journal angle: Would you have written that the same way if you knew John Lynch was going to write it? Read it. Yeah, mm-hmm. good question. The knocking around the negotiating table that did 
you know, caused me pause at the second, but I thought it was tasty. Uh, tasty. <laughs> yeah, I think I would. All right, good. Okay. Eight o'clock delight time. Ah, yes. <laughs> Wes, we'll start with Connor Barwin, who lands with the Rams. And who had the break? Who had the breaking news? We on had this news before anyone because Spice Rack texted me and said, "Hey, look, Connor Barwin's about to sign with the Rams." Spicy. Hey. And Wade Phillips thinks he's a great human being. That's interesting, but guess what? Still doesn't, still doesn't get Melvin Gordon three more yards. And also doesn't get Spice Rack back on the show. Well, I think Whoa. breaking news should help Spice Rack get back on the show. He's plugged in. Just saying, no one decided to pull him into this conversation. No actions were taken. All right, we'll have to have a committee meeting to talk about this because now there's mixed feelings. Guys, breaking news. Brandon Carr signs a four-year deal with the Ravens, uh, the former Cowboys player. Uh, this is a good football player, says Ozzie Newsom. We got better today. Do you believe that, Greg? I do because they needed depth there, and you're looking at the secondary, and they've now added Tony Jefferson. You got Weddle. You got Jimmy Smith. It's coming together. The Jets have solved their problems at cornerback. Morris Claiborne, the former first-round pick of the Cowboys, uh, has signed with the team for a one-year deal worth uh, more than $5 million, according to Rap Sheep. Wes, a former sixth overall pick, that type of talent getting at this stage. What a move. What a coup by Mike McCagney. I think it's cool that you went from a cornerback who played at 235 pounds to a cornerback who plays six games a year. Okay. Well, Total patch. That's that's one way to look at it. I think it was a gangbusters move to borrow a Shekism. Don Terry Post signed somewhere, Greg, filling the filling the gaps. Atlanta Falcons like this as a nice risk reward move. A one year deal. They need help on the defensive line. It, Thomas Dimitrov said we're kind of all set. We don't have any huge pressing needs. I don't know. That defensive line's not that good. Poe could be help him out. Josh McCown also visiting the Jets. He said initially at the onset of free agency, five or six teams were interested. In, I can't even keep track. Maybe the Jets are one of them. Maybe maybe we don't know. But I, he would be a nice, t- tasty in the 2-14 and 14, uh, scam for Sam where he's the starter. We get a whole offseason and, and summer of, oh, Josh McCown, man. He's you know He might not be the best player in the league, but he's a great leader. He's going to teach those guys, and he'll play some good football out for the year week three. Probably what would happen. History tells us that he's excellent at helping teams set up for the number one pick. <laughs> he's a poor guy. Get, a, get Josh McCown off these terrible teams. And finally... ESPN has hired Rex Ryan, according to reports. He signed a multi-year contract to appear on Sunday. NFL countdown. Wes, where does this rank on the most predictable things ever? It's like right behind Rex Burkhead signing with the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening in the news. Josh McCown, by the way, last three years, two wins in his starts, 20 losses. At his age, life is literally too short to waste away on a one in fifteen team. But that's what he's been doing his whole life. He likes it. Go, go find a winner. He, he likes to play, get playing time, and lose constantly. That's his thing. That's his angle. That's his corner. We all have to have an angle. Could anything pull you back onto the Jets train this year? Oh, I'm on the Jets train. Well, you're hoping that the train goes right off the tracks into total darkness. Again, there's a, a vast difference between you and I, Mark. I am in not many off ways. the train. In many, many ways. Yes, I am not off the, my team's train. I am just l- taking a macro viewpoint. I'm taking my lumps this year, and I just want the organization to put themselves in a better position for 2018 and beyond. You can frame it any way you wish. I'm just being honest. 
I'm not saying, oh, I'm not, I don't even care anymore. And this, that's the Mark angle. Oh, I don't care. I never think about the Browns. Oh, that's all BS, and we know it. I think about the Jets a lot. And I, well, I think it's I, fair I love to them. say I just, that. I think a big picture. When the Browns come into my mind, I actively work to not think about. I actively work to have that memory, whatever I'm thinking about, stop mm. and think about something else, anything else. <laughs> it explains a lot. Um, all right, before we get into. You're the GM. Sid, I just, we need to, one last, one last bit of breaking news. I mean, this was, this landed like a hammer on the news desk uh, this morning. The great Sidney Carlson, new money, La Sid, not going to Disneyland this weekend. Hmm. Rather, Disneyland's chief competitor, Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh! Maron, what? How, you can't do this, Sid. Well, first of all, let's take slow that knife down. out of your back, Mickey. Let's slow down. He's on bleeding. The He's on the ground. <laughs> hey, why don't you do that to me, Sid? <laughs> I do not in any way. Where's Sidney, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I do not in any way view Six Flags as a competitor. Said Judas. <laughs> said Judas. No, I mean, please. Sid, where are you? Disney is disgustingly good at making money, and I have given them so are you. more than I cared to admit. <laughs> <laughs> but what? I think like any great relationship, you know, you've got to be free to like, Whoa. hang out with other friends from time to time. Okay. That's You're seeing it. other people. I'm not seeing other people. I'm just hanging out with friends. Or, or Mickey could look at it like... She's growing up like, hey, I'm kind of the fun. Like, we're going to go out. We're going to have a nice, clean time. And then so there's Mickey, those renegades with the leather jacket and maybe a couple pops. Six Flags comes along. Let's have some adult fun. Oh, that's so sad. Remember when when Christopher Robin got, got too old to play with Winnie the Pooh? Oh. This turn took a really sad turn. <laughs> hey, Sid, it's me, Mickey. I've been looking all over for you. <laughs> My heart is breaking, Dan. <laughs> Don't bring Nikki. Into Get a little this. cash in your pocket, and this was what happens. <laughs> wow, You've changed. Breaking news: Sydney dating around breaks off an exclusive relationship with with Disney. a fictional mouse. Uh, moving on from the mouse to the woodpecker, I think. I think that's Six Flags. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what are you with? Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes is actually they're in bed with Looney Tunes, I believe. If we're gonna keep on this, and someone else apparently our producer comparison, it's like maybe like the Bad Boy, but we'll go back. You know, we'll go back. Mm. This is your Bad Boy phase. Yeah, I, I suppose that's what it would have to be. <laughs> wow. For, because the people there's a like there's a, a hierarchy of the happiness, and the people who work at Disneyland are distinctly more happy than the mm. people who work at Six Flags. More of like an Adventureland feel at Six so Flags. They're just kind of punching the clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is this counts as Sydney's bad boy phase. A woman that pines for Kirk Cousins, you know, she's a wholesome girl, Sydney. That's we love Sydney. So Six Flags is your walk on the dark side. I like yeah, this. Exactly. Noana and Elsa at Six Flags. Let's just say that. Yeesh, yeesh. Big news, big news. All right, now it's time. Sydney, you cannot let the people of Disney know that this happened. Oh, I don't plan to. Okay. <laughs> it is time now. To bring it back, you're the GM, and this is a game we um, we we did it for the first time last March, and we figured now with free agency really died down, and, and teams are now uh, maybe starting to look more toward the draft and and what pieces where there's still holes as we start to head towards uh, before you know it OTAs in about a month. So, is it a month or is it just workout? Is it? It's all the same. Whatever. Teams are going to start working out next month. Uh, it's crazy how it works. But 
<laughs> Here we go. <laughs> they they got to start figuring out who's going to be on their team in 2017. Correct. So the GMs. Brock they, Osweiler, first-string quarterback. They all, they all talk to each other. They all talk to each other. Uh, so we're going to pull back the curtain and um, let you know what, it, uh, what it's like. And, uh, Mark, why don't you get us going? You can tell us who you are portraying, what GM, who you are calling, and let us know which one of us will portray that other GM, and then we'll let the listeners know um, what that conversation entailed. All right, I will be playing Brown's executive mm. VP of operations, Sashi Brown. Mm. Mm. Listeners should know a year, a year ago at this point, Sashi turned down a deal that would have gotten him Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, in this very it, game. Over yeah. some haggling between a first or a third round pick. And in retrospect. Good thing you weren't writing a column about him. <laughs> in retrospect, Sashi might have just wanted to go get that quarterback back right. then. So, well. Mark, as Sashi turned down Matt Ryan, moved down around, now you have a chance to redeem yourself and Sashi in a big spot. I, I am calling up the Patriots for one very obvious reason. Mm. We're not going to let this happen again. So let's dial up the Massachusetts area code and speak to Bill Belichick as played by Dan Hansis. Okay. Bill Belichick's office. Please hold. This portion of your podcast has been censored by a shadowy league figure. Our apologies. This portion of your podcast has been censored by a shadowy league figure. Our apologies. It's Bill. Bill Sashi Brown right out here in Cleveland. You know, your old stomping grounds. You got to be kidding me. We've done some deals before. Yeah. I got you Barkevious Mingo. Helped bring you a Super Bowl title. That went very well. Are you being a smart ass? Hold on a second, please. Sashi. (laughs) Sashi. Linda. Sashi. <laughs> Sorry about that, Bill. A lot going on here. Phone ringing all the time. Listen, we, I think it's out there. We, we The Browns need a quarterback. Okay. I think it's the least you could do for us is to listen to my offer. I will listen. I will. This this is it. I'm listening. Uh, I got to get on seven rings in, in a few minutes, but you got me for now, Sashi. Let's start. Sashi? We're going to go with Sashi, please. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to start right here. I'm, I'm going to give you our highest number two pick this year. And on top of it, you know, you've got one of the great line coaches in the NFL, Dante Skarnakia. I'm going to help bolster your offensive line with uh, a couple of players here. I'm going to read them off. You taking notes? Uh, I'll do what I want. Second round pick plus left tackle Joe Thomas, left guard Joel Batonio, <laughs> offensive lineman Spencer Durango, center J.C. Treader, lineman Zach Sterup, lineman Marcus Martin, Offensive lineman Austin Ryder, interior offensive lineman Gabe Eichard, guard John Greco, guard Kevin Zeitler, who we just signed, ex first round center Cam Irvin, and tackle Austin Pazzer. As a bonus, we'll throw, we'll throw in Sean Coleman. Bolstering your offensive line, you get a second round pick, you give us Jimmy G. We'll pay for the plane ticket. And the 18 plane tickets that I've, the people I'm sending your way. Um, question. Hold on a second, please. Sashi. <laughs> Sashi. Sashi. We're back. What's going on in Cleveland? <laughs> you seem a little distracted, and maybe that explains that awful trade offer. I have one of the best offensive lines in the AFC with Skarnecki. Skarnecki. I call him Dante. 
Uh, I don't need more offensive linemen. This makes no sense. You're you're not, you're bad at your job, Sashi. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I think you should take what I I say to heart because I'm quite respected in these circles, and you're completely overmatched. <laughs> It feels that way at this point in the conversation. Can we get Jimmy G away from you for anything? This has to happen. You understand the Browns. Where, what's your starting point? I do understand the Browns. The Browns fired me. The Browns embarrassed me. And I will never, ever do anything to help them. Ever! <laughs> really took a turn for the worse. That did not a go terrible, well. A terrible, a terrible It's a scenario. bad situation. It's a bad situation. I thought Austin... Pastor would have put it over the top, but no. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so, there's a lot of linemen to deal with there. What would he I w- to, d- to do with that? I kind of, yeah. I wonder I wonder if Sasha was on any mind-expanding agents before he made that phone call. It feels possible. <laughs> All right, Wes, you're up. I am Titans GM John Robinson, and Greg <laughs> is Seahawks GM John Schneider. Ooh. Exciting. Hello, Schneids, Robbie here. Put your shirt on for this one. I'm excited. Everything in Seattle's exciting. Look, word around the campfire here in GM circles is that you are willing to trade that ne'er-do-well, Richard Sherman, who spends most of his time undermining the coaching staff, threatening to ruin reporters' careers, and yelling at his teammates. Mm. If, if the price is right, I hear he's available. Look, we've got two first-round picks. I'm willing to give you the 18 and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2018 for Richard Sherman. We need a shutdown corner here in Tennessee. Mm. Why, why, why are you trying to downplay our guy? As you're trying to trade for him, why are you trying to trade for him if you think he's everybody? Know, everybody knows why you have him on the market. He's too. He's a pain in your ass right now. What? What are? What are the conditions? You just say conditional fourth round pick. I want to know these conditions. <laughs> if if we go to the playoffs, you, it moves up to a third. Oh, that's good. interesting. That's nice. Mm. nice. <clears throat> There's just like a peanut gallery on the line. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice move. I like it. I, I'm going to need more for that because I got to tell you, Richard Sherman's still a great cornerback. He, he's a big personality. That's kind of how we roll. I, I got I to gotta admit, I get a little bored around here sometimes. I kind of like seeing Pete go after these players, big personalities. Like, that's what we do. We're a zoo. The number 18 pick for a top top 10 pick, top 20 pick in the draft? Nah. What top, it, top 10 cornerback? Nah. I'm going to upgrade the conditional to a conditional third runner that can go to a second mm. if we make the playoffs. And look, you might think we're a cute little operation down here in Nashville. We're a team on the rise. You better respect us. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the playoffs. Is this a threat, John Rob? Is this a From threat? One John to another. I've been in this business for a while. You just kind of came in as a GM. You see those pictures of me in the locker room with the shirt off? You only do that when you win titles. Mm. I'm keeping Richard Sherman. Forget this. Wow. I thought that had a chance to happen. It's the last time I called Greg in a fake conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, surprisingly hard to negotiate with on a trade. (laughs) Richard Sherman, worth a little more than that. What was the trade again? I got a little caught up in that. First 
a first round pick, number eighteen overall pick, and Maybe. a third rounder that I, can get up to a second. Round. I would have taken mm. what a twenty-eight, twenty-nine year old corner making eleven million it. a year. It's a good deal. Honestly, you don't think that's a tasty deal at all. I feel like you guys could have hammered, could have that hammered out a it out. Bit. I, I would have taken that deal. This uh, he told me to respect him. It was kind of it was similar. It like, got a little ugly. Was similar yeah, to was what weird. happened last year uh, <laughs> when I listened to this podcast again. Feelings got in the way. He told me to respect him. I was I was kind of leaning towards taking it, and then thought, "Who's this John Robinson guy? Uh, you know, he he only gets hired because uh, you know ownership can't find anyone better." That was based on. Uh, Michael Lombardi said on the ringer this week that mm. that the Seahawks are willing to trade Richard Sherman. Mm, interesting. All right. Next up, Wes. Um, this is something you've always wanted to do. He's going to come back into the picture now. You'll be playing Bill Belichick, and you are getting a phone call from none other than Big Mac. Not even gonna answer. Belichick here. <laughs> Bill, I got you. Yeah, I'm here. It's Big Mac, the Mac Man, Mike McCagnan. Uh, who Respect are you? me, please. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I'm another general manager in your division. I I'm employed by the New York Jets, your former team. I mean, I was with them for five minutes, literally. Wait a second, you, Bill. Do you really forget that you were the off- <laughs> the defensive coordinator in 1998, 1997 through 1999? <laughs> Come back to us, Bill. <laughs> Off to a good start. Never come back to you. <laughs> Literally, please come back to us. <laughs> All right. Big Mac here. You know who this is. You know who this is, b- <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. And I'm being dead serious. I know, I know, I know, I know you would never trade Jimmy G to a, a – well, I was going to say rival, but you don't view the Jets as a rival. Let's be honest. For, for 20 years, you've been getting – the upper hand on the Jets. Um, and I know that right now, one of the problems, and I think one of the reasons why you have not traded Jimmy G to that bum Sashi, first of all, he's a total Lothario, cannot focus on anything. <laughs> I heard about the phone call you got where he offered an entire offensive line while he was in the middle of a, a coitus session. That was weird. Is that what the was whole, going on? The whole league's talking about it. <laughs> so you don't want to do business with that guy, and I get that. So let me. Th- I'll never talk to Sashi again after that bizarre phone call. I mean, Cleveland's never been in a worse spot than they are right now. <laughs> See, we're like bros. We can rap. <laughs> big Mac here. Big Mac and the Big B. Anyway. I only rap on Snapface. <laughs> All right. So, Bill. And you're going to think this is a joke. But think about your long-term future with the team. You know Tommy Boy He's got another five years. And I want Jimmy G. I want him. I want to swoop in. No one thinks that you would trade him. What's the thing that the Patriots do? They do things people don't expect. Trade me Jimmy G. And this is what I'll give you. And, and don't snicker. Th- take this seriously. You could choose literally any player currently on my roster. That's not That's the starting the point. That's the starting point. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen your roster. You can. <laughs> Sexy. Don't laugh at me. Yeah, let me, let me try to pry away Matt Forte from you. Um, Listen. I'm talking. You know, you can get Mo Wilkerson, Mo Wilkerson motivated Leonard Williams. Hello, mm-hmm. you know you can do damage with Leonard Williams. Darren Lee's a great young linebacker. I got some great. skill. <laughs> I got some skill on this on this team. <clears throat> anyway, so that's just the starting point. Any player, let's make him Leonard Williams. All right, Lenny Williams, mm. a first round pick, 2017, 2018, and a conventional third round pick in 2019 that becomes a first round pick. 
if the Jets reach the conference title game in the next two years? And you send me your backup quarterback that you don't even plan to play for the next three to five years. First of all, your instincts are correct. I don't see you as a rival. (laughs) I never have. That hurts my feelings, but go on. Uh, But here's the deal. If I trade Jimmy Garoppolo to you, we view him as a future superstar. That's when I'll start viewing you as a rival. And I have traded Drew Bledsoe within my division because I knew he was washed up. Look, we had him here. He's a fine guy, makes a great wine, but he was done. And I knew it. I wasn't afraid of him. I am afraid if Jimmy goes there, the Jets – Tom Brady could go down, and all of a sudden the, the balance of power shifts in that division to the team that does have a quarterback. It is a – it is – the most tempting offer I've gotten. Certainly more mm. tempting than the one for 17 offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it is a very fair, fair offer, and I have much more respect for you as a, as a man and general manager. I will no longer act like you're not even in my division anymore. But I can't, I can't take the deal. I can't, I can't prop up the Jets as a franchise with an actual quarterback. Bill, and I, all that I appreciate, but I have to tell you, if I don't get a quarterback, I'm going to get fired. I need this. Get Big Mac some French fries. Get Big Mac a shake. You reek of Give desperation. Big Mac his special sauce. <laughs> Give me my Jimmy G. Hang up. All right. Oh, listen. Belichick, tough negotiator. I he thought is. he might take that. That was a good deal. No, we're trying to win Super Bowls, not collect first round picks. Okay. Next up, Greg. Hmm. All right. I'm going to be Tom Coughlin, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's mm. <laughs> the GM's not even making the call out of Jacksonville. Nope, oh, that guy. <laughs> nope. He's basically Howie Roseman in 2014. And uh, I'm going to call old uh, Steve Kimey. Steve Kime, played by Mark. Kime bomb? Okay. Kime machine here. Kimey. I'm back. Who's this? This is Tom Coughlin, your old pal. Oh, my God. We're just a couple football guys. I'm back in the league. Can't Why are you it. making the calls out of your organization? What sort of chaos oh, is unraveling in your, in your, on your team? Give I'll, me a break. I'll tell you why. Off to a nice start here. <laughs> <laughs> I, got old, uh, I got old Caldwell. Old, you know, go, uh, go look at some rookie quarterbacks, buddy. You know, nice. I'll, I'll be sure to read the report you write up. Special project. Caldwell. These guys are crazy over here. I came down here. These guys think Blake Bortles is it? Blake Bortles, nice quarterback. We got to win this game. They, they think they've won some Super Bowls around here. They haven't won five more than five games since 2011. You know how hard that is to do in the NFL? That's how it was when I got here before I turned everything around. Tom Coughlin. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Coughlin doesn't mess around with 5-11, and 11, and so I've got a deal for you. I think you're going to want to listen to this. Kime after kime. Unroll it. Carson Palmer's. He's at the end of the line. Maybe he's thinking about retiring. That's your opinion. He was thinking about That's retiring. That's what people said about you. He was thinking about <laughs> retiring. Larry Fitzgerald was thinking about retiring. You're you're in a pickle. I just was watching the old NFL Network. One of the best guys out there, Chris Wessling, says your window is closed, Kymie. You've had a rough offseason. This Jermaine Gresham contract, it's time to reload. you got some nice young talent. Give away. Trade away. <laughs> couple guys at the end of the line, Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald, short-term solutions. Here's what I'll do for you. I'll send you back Blake Bortles, just so you have someone. Oh, my God. I know, I know Bruce. He's great with the big-armed young quarterbacks. 
I'll send you Blake Bortles. I'll send you Alan Hearns. Nice young wide receiver. He's a guy who's going to be around for a little while. And I'll give you a second round pick in this year's draft too. You're trading me two guys who aren't even going to be in the NFL. I can't stand this whole five-win nonsense with Blake Bortles this year. There's no chance we're going to win games. You help me out right now. I'm getting old. I can't wait around. You are old, Okay, huh? You reek of desperation. Uh, Kai Machine don't play that. I don't know who this Chris guy is from a football website either. Are you coming out with a very bizarre argument? Damn. You're going to tell me that you're essentially trading me Alan Hearns and a non-functional quarterback for a Hall of Fame receiver and you don't, you don't listen very well to what Bruce Arians said a few years ago, that Carson Palmer can play deep into his 30s, maybe even longer. You guys think he's done after this season. He, nice try, buddy. You've got to sweeten the pot. You're going to give me your biggest problem. Mm. That's the trade you're coming up with. Blake Bortles. Then what do I do? How do I sell that to the people in Arizona? I think your medications, you know, they're kind of colliding. You got some, <laughs> you're going a little soupy over there. This guy Palmer, you didn't even know if he was going to play anymore in the middle of January, you got to start thinking about the future. I'll, all right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I, I, you got, you, I'll change it. I, I, you got two more minutes with me. Tom. I'll change it up. Change up your Allens. I'll give you Allen Robinson. Mm. I'll bump up that draft pick up to a first-round pick. Mm. You're leaving me with no quarterback. You're giving me a first-round draft pick? Giving you a first-round pick. You guys got a lot of young talent there. You're not winning with this Palmer Fitzgerald thing. I got to win. This guy's Sean Conn. He wants to move where the team picking? to London. You're, where are you picking this year in the draft? What number are you at? I'm up high. <laughs> oh, you should probably know offhand, but if you don't, that, that leaves Fourth? me only more concerned. I'm in the top five, baby. You're giving me this year's first-round pick. You're giving me Allen Robinson and Blake Bortles. <laughs> For these two players, deal done, baby. Wow. Wow, we got a deal. <laughs> wow. All right. Am I crazy I, to take no. that deal? When he sweetened the pot with the first round, this year's first round, or Jacksonville picks where? I think they're, they're I right think up. You just, I think you just had the time of your life in a big spot. Coughlin <laughs> just got fired. Took if, advantage of if, old if, Tommy boy. If you believe if you believe internally, if you're Arizona and you say, I think we maxed out with this roster, get rid of Fitz and Carson who aren't going to be there next year. And now you just, you know, Bortles, it's a project, obviously. Robinson's a number one wide receiver potentially, and you got a first round pick, and you trust your draft process. I had a shaky draft last year, if I don't, uh, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, it was it was shaky. But you got David Johnson in the third round the year before. Like what I did there. Or the second round? Was he a second? Time drives a hard bargain. Wow. Kime did a nice job. Tom is desperate. You know who should get needs- uh, Steve Kime? The Browns should trade all those draft assets <laughs> to get Steve Kime. Well. <laughs> You know, I, as someone who supports Sashi Brown, I don't feel I did him any favors with this this uh, segment, but maybe he'll return. I have a, a quick one before before we go around. Um, uh, Greg, you're gonna you're gonna play Chris Greer of the Dolphins, okay? And I will be uh, Chris Ballard of the Colts. Hello, I'm Chris Greer. <laughs> Who's Chris Greer? Hi, I'm Chris Ballard. Do you want to come over? Uh, hey, M- Mikey T. Mikey T, can I go over to Chris Chris Ballard's house? Oh, yeah. He says I don't really do that much around here. I can come over. I got a cotton candy machine. 
I love cotton candy. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> what? Culture and that? fine fine hands. <laughs> Something about the ballard, man. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> All right. One more time around the horn now. All right. Mark, you're up. I am... Saints something or other, Mickey Loomis. <laughs> Dialing up. Ted Thompson is played by Christopher Wesling. All right. Thompson here. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Three rings, guys. Mickey Loomis from down in New Orleans. How are you, Pelicans? I got going? a lot on my mind. I'm, 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 I got a lot going on. I got, I'm trying to juggle two teams here. I can't Have you a, won a game since you traded for Boogie Cousins? I don't know a record. I'm not, I, I got to make a deal. There's a lot of pressure on me. Sean Payton is trying to get Malcolm Butler. He's going to oversell for that. I, I need. He told me we got to get this defense, which has been historically awful. I haven't thought about the Saints defense since, I'm not kidding you, 2010. I, believe I have I've not thought de- about them once. Seeing your got, defense and it reflects your thinking. I got too much going on in the mind. New Orleans is a crazy town to try to have a full-time job in. I think you can understand where I'm coming from, Ted. I, I got to do a deal. Will you listen at least? I'm I'm here for you. I know you don't like off-season maneuvering, but this could do. This could be good for you too. They're calling you inactive. That you just go to sleep in March. Here we go. I'm going to give you running back Mark Ingram. You need a running back. You just lost Eddie Lacy. I'm going to give you New Orleans Pelicans point guard Drew Holiday and power forward Anthony Davis for, in return, Clay Matthews, Packers game day broadcaster Wayne Larravee. We have, an, we have a hole there, and the guy knows basketball too. And offensive perimeter coach David Ray. I need that guy too. What do you say? Ray of light. Teddy, you there. I got to make this happen. Wes actually writing these down. Yeah, I got it. The Ray guy, come on. Well – I don't – I'm not very active in March usually, so I do have to write this kind of stuff down. Uh, you know what? It's a deal. <laughs> it, it's a deal. You, people don't know this about me. I am a huge NBA fan. I'm a big Bucks fan, and if I can pair the Greek freak with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, we got, we got a team here in Wisconsin. It's a deal. Clay Matthews. Thank you. Look, have fun with him. He hasn't made a play in two years. Thank you. I'm not going to watch a Saints game all season, but they're going to love this Clay Matthews business. I'll go tell Coach Sean Payton, you sure it's a deal? We're good. We're good. I'm hanging I, up the I stone. Am, I have always had a soft spot for the Milwaukee Bucks, I, all the way back to the, the Dandridge days, Jack Sigma, Paul McCaskey. Let's do it. My day is done. Thank you, buddy. Anthony Davis, now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I like it. I think the next phone call is from Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. Wow, I can't believe that one. I know, Thompson, with able to help out the buck, Bucks. Didn't, Everyone didn't wins. <laughs> um, all right. Mark, you will be portraying Texans general manager Rick Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, ooh, sassy! And you will be getting a phone call from Broncos general manager John Elway. T- 
Texans general manager Rick Smith on the line. Rick, it's John Elway. Mm. I don't, you, you know. Your worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, this, <laughs> is, this, is, this is not the call I was hoping for. What's on your mind? Let me tell I got one thing to say to you. I'm not here to make a trade. If you know what's good for you, you'll stay away from Romo. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He's damaged goods. He's barely played in two years. He stinks. You know that. He likes golf too much. Jessica Simpson? Can you say distraction? He's holding a fantasy football summit this summer. Gambling much? You won't. You don't want that guy. This is, have you looked at our quarterback roster? You know all about Brock Osweiler, the guy we lost. We have someone named Tom Savage who could be our starter if we don't have, go after Romo. I, you got to be kidding me. We are going to go hard after Romo. Steal the Texas spotlight away from the Cowboys? You pulled this move with, with Peyton Manning a couple of years ago and won a Super Bowl. Why don't we want to just do the same thing down here in Houston? I've been through eight quarterbacks. I don't, I'm running out of time here. What happened to your accent? Great question. I'm a man of many personalities. Please hold. Hold. This portion of your podcast has been censored by a shadowy league figure. Our apologies. I got to go. <laughs> but let me just tell you something. I got some Papa John's deals to finish up. This is not a threat. But stay away. <laughs> and last comment. I'm recording this phone call. Last thing I got to say. When it comes to Tony Romo, this one's for John. <laughs> It's a competitor, that guy. Total bully. Wow. I think I think that we know what the Texans are going to do. You know, look into it's the Jay Cutler business. It's interesting. All right, uh, threatening. Greg, finish us off. I've got. Uh, oh, Wes, I've only done one. Oh, I'm sorry, Wes. Go ahead. I am Rams general manager Les Snead, mm. and Mark is Titans general manager John Robinson. Mm, back on the line. Johnny Rob here. Johnny Rob, this is Les Sneed. <laughs> Very smooth. Les, Lester, how you doing? Very I'm definitely. doing great. Look, I heard everybody's talking about how poorly John Schneider treated you when you made a fair offer for a cornerback. I thought it was very fair. I've got Tremaine Johnson here. I will give you Tremaine. Come on, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you Tremaine Johnson for a bottle of hairspray. Oh. Hold on here. So I got to absorb basically – his franchise tag? Are we gonna? Is this guy willing to play ball? I'm giving contract. You, I'm giving you a lockdown cornerback. I, I need to know what happens after this season. We we'd have to we we'd have to <laughs> make sure that we get him on a full deal before we do this. I mean, I'll only ask you for a can of hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, why would you want that? You you don't like this player. He's he doesn't fit in your system. Is that what you're telling me? Look, something feels something stinks here. To buddy. be honest with you. My franchise is the only one in the NFL that believes Tremaine Johnson is worth $16 million a year. I just want to get my hair right. <laughs> it's it's a compelling deal from a value standpoint. Uh, sure, let's do it. All right. <laughs> I would have asked him to take some of the money back, maybe. It seemed kind of like a no-brainer, though. I mean, a hairspray. <laughs> Cash to burn down in Tennessee. It's cheap. It's cheap. One year deal. All right, finally, Greg. So this is finally okay. Yep. I had a couple. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, you, you, I'll be. Uh, I'll be D Bills general manager Doug Whaley. 
And I'm calling um, Reggie McKenzie, Oakland Raiders, general manager played by Dan. Okay. Who's this? Who am I going to call? Okay. You're the Raiders. Okay, gotcha. Sugar Bear. The Sugar Bear is here. Sugar Bear in the house, please hold. <laughs> this portion of your podcast has been censored by a shadowy league figure. Our apologies. Sugar Bear headquarters, who's speaking? <laughs> oh, Sugar Bear, it's Doug Whaley. Doug, my old friend from Western New York. Oh, actually, hold on a second. There. We're ripping nine miles to Jacksonville. <laughs> Driving together between the lines. You and me. All right, I'm back. I understand. We're both busy men. <laughs> I, I was just checking checking out Road World again to, to check out this new new story. It's got me. Are you bo- okay? It's, <laughs> it's got me bothered. I, I pass. Where are Are you okay? I promise you. <laughs> I saw a report. EJ Manuel. You're thinking of signing EJ Manuel. Sugar Bear Repo- likes him. Reports are out there, but it's not done yet, right? It's no, not, not done. done, but Sugar Bear just, likes him. Sugar just, Bear thinks he's a good uh, insurance policy. Please, please don't do it to me. <laughs> please don't do it to me. I love this guy, EJ Manuel. You know, the coaching staff here, they don't seem to lack him ownership. No one likes him, but this guy, I, be- I believe in him. Just don't do it. Doug. Just don't do it. Doug, oh, hold on a second. Oh. Hold on a second. Okay. Check the nine miles to Jacksonville. Driving together. Some good music. All right, I'm back. just play. Please don't do it. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'll just. I, I'll get you back. I know that's not how it's normally done in the NFL. But I'll get. I'll get you back. I love this guy, EJ Manuel. I think if no one signs him until the draft, I can maybe get him back on my roster. Please. Doug. Why is Bill Simmons on the phone? Doug. Sugar Bear's at a loss for words right now. Sugar Bear looks at uh, E.J. Manuel as uh, a sunken cost for the, the team out of Western New York. Sugar Bear sees the team out of Western New York as being a problematic situation with E.J. Manuel. Why would you want him back? I'm going to take him. Johnny and- Cochran talking to Bill Simmons. <laughs> I love this guy. This is what Sean said you were going to say when I called you, too. Do you want me to get out of... The EJ Manual business. Is that just, what you're asking? Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. This is my guy. Doug, uh, Sugar Bear. Sugar I'll Bear. I'll get you back. I promise. I don't know what that means, but Sugar Bear ha- has a heart, and I know uh, you seem to be going through some things. Sugar Bear out. No EJ to Oakland. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> wow. I need to figure out what song that was you were playing, Greg. I, I need to add that to the collection. <laughs> Um. All right. Oh, and Natalie Ambrulia sounded a little sick. <laughs> She's been through some stuff <laughs> in the last twenty years since we last heard from her. Um. There you go. So now that now you understand what is going on behind the scenes. Oh yeah, crystal clear in the NFL. It's very clear. All right. That's it. Good show, guys. Fun show. We'll be back uh, on Monday with another around the NFL podcast. The train it just keeps. Rolling Monday, Wednesday, probably Friday again. Uh, but uh, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, we got to go. That's it, right? It's time to go. Can't stay here forever. Got to go. Some point, you got to go home. It's Friday. You got to get out of here. EJ Manuel, go home. Western New York's calling for you. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and new money behind the glass. 
until Monday. Okay, so we're back up in the studio, Dan and Wes and I. We've left Greg downstairs because we didn't want to pile on, but this whole thing with the party mm. didn't show up. Mm-hmm. I got a note from someone, a, a female employee. Uh, who A female employee. female employee who was disappointed that Greg uh, would not would, you know, even make an appearance at this thing. So I just want to read. I'll, I'll leave the name up, but I want to read what she sure. had to say. Here it goes. Hey, Mark, good afternoon. I just wanted to follow up on our chat from last night. I'm still confused and slightly hurt that Greg simply shrugged off the many workers who toil endlessly to make the NFL's collection of podcasts a positive experience for all. Has he followed up with you at all about why he found it acceptable to dismiss the people he works with for his own gains? Just wondering if he's debriefed with you at all about his behavior. Has he given a logical reason for his decision-making? I have to be honest, Colin. I feel a little hurt about his response to an to our invite to gather with people who spend most of their time promoting his work and accomplishments at NFL Network. I know he's at work because I saw him walking by himself toward the huddle, which is our restaurant here. Earlier in the day, he had to walk upstairs on the other side of the patio because they are still working on the new wall decorations, the one with a variety of NFL football players. I then saw him walking past the giant image of NFL Network's Dan Helley, and maybe Greg thinks that our workplace should have made it a massive image of him instead of Dan Helley. But do you think Dan Helley would have just blown off the people who work daily to promote his career at our workplace? I don't think so. I think Dan Helley would show even a thumbnail of respect for his fellow workers, which is more than Greg showed to us last night, e- the last evening. The bar was also very close to work. He could have stopped by for like five minutes, and all of this would have been a different situation. Mm. Has Greg said anything to you about his thought process? I know this goes on and on, by the way. I know wow. that Sydney was also upset because she wouldn't say anything because she's too nice. That, you know, she's... We agree. She's thing? very nice. I, sh- I should let you know that Sydney was crying in the women's restroom toward the end of the night. It was very nice of you and Dan and Wes to show up, but I can't figure out why Greg chose not to. Has he made it clear to you why he didn't want to be a part of the group gathering? It's been on my mind since I raised the issue to you last night near the front door of the bar. I like to speak my mind, and this is definitely still an issue to me. Just wondering if Greg might have unpacked his decision to ignore us all. It wouldn't have been hard to stop by, even quickly, but instead he has hurt my feelings. I think I have a right to express myself and tell you how I feel, and I hope that Greg will share with you why he's done this. Like, for instance, what do you think he was thinking when he decided to drive right past the bar to go do something else? It wouldn't have been that hard to park his car and walk inside the bar for a minute or two, but he kept driving in his car instead right back to his home, I presume. I'm still thinking about this today and wanted to bring the issue back up with you in case Greg has made it clear to you or others why he chose to bypass last night's event in order to tend to his own needs and responsibilities. I am somewhat concerned about his choices, but I am also still filling in the blanks about what he's done and what it means for me and the rest of our company. Thank you. Let me know if he says anything between now and when you leave work today about this very concerning choice of his. I'll leave the name at the end off, but... I mean, certainly a long-winded letter, but, she's you know. A, she's a young lady in search of answers, and she really wants to know, has Greg said anything to you, Mark? Has he explained it? I think we got Greg's complete I mean, response earlier in the show. He could care less. 2,000 words there boiled down into one sentence. Why have you betrayed us? 
that's basically it. And Greg refuses to give an answer. So we'll let the, you know, we'll leave it right there. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 